Hello, and thank you for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. The Teaching Math Teaching Podcast is sponsored by the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators, a community of math teacher educators learning to teach math teachers better. I'm your host, Dusty Jones, and joining me uh, today, we have Joel Amadon. Hi, Joel. Hey, Dusty. And Jen Wolf. Hi, Jen. Hi. And today, we're talking with uh, Dr. J. Michael Shaughnessy, who's a Professor Emeritus of Mathematics and Statistics at Portland State University, the former president of National Council of Teachers of Mathematics, and board member for the Mathematics Education Trust, or MET, as I'm going to call it. Uh, We are talking to Mike so he can share some of his experience and expertise as a mathematics teacher educator, and also share about the Mathematics Education Trust grants, specifically a new opportunity from the Mathematics Education Trust geared for mathematics teacher educators. Mike, how are you doing today? Fine. Nice to be with you guys today. Great. We're excited to have you here. Uh, Could you take a minute to introduce yourself beyond what I already shared? What did I miss? Uh, I've been in math education for an awful long time. Um, Started out uh, many years ago at Michigan State University where I got my um, PhD and where I've got interested in other things besides math, also got interested in how people think about probability and statistics. Uh Um, And then I got a a job. I was kind of lucky because at that time it was difficult and there weren't too many jobs in math ed when I got out um, in the seventies, but there was an opportunity at Oregon state university that worked out really, really well in the math department there. um, I spent a long time working with uh, with pre-service and in-service teachers there. Uh, when, I, when I first started, I wasn't quite as much in teacher education, but it kind of went in that direction really quickly once I got to, to Oregon State. And after about uh, 20 years there, um, my job transferred to, to Portland State University, where I spent another almost 20 years. Yeah. Well, to I guess maybe to take some of that that you just said and, and focus a little more. So what was the what was the impetus that got you started with working with teachers? Um, I had a pal at Portland State. So Oregon State and Portland State have over the years worked really well together on a number of different grants and projects. And um, Marjana King was a math educator at Portland State University. And she sort of contacted me at one point after I'd been at Oregon State for a few years. And she said, Mike, we have to we have to write a grant together Mm. and we got to find a a way to get teachers in here. It it, it kind of went back a little bit to a model that years ago NSF had where they had summer institutes for 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 mathematics teachers a long, long time ago. Um, And um, so we were successful getting a grant. and we called it what we call alternative approaches to secondary mathematics or something like that is what we called it. But it, we had middle school and high school teachers, and we had applications from all over uh, the Northwest. And I mean, Washington, Idaho, Oregon, California, Northern California, and, and Nevada. So we had teachers with 60 of them. And Marge had 30 of them at Portland State, and I had 30 of them at at Oregon State, and we shared speakers. This is what NSF kind of said, well, we're getting two grants for the price of one because we would have folks come out and present for a couple of days in Portland, and then they'd 
Marge and I would start at opposite ends, 90 miles away and drive and meet each other in Salem and exchange the speakers and drive back. <laughs> so it was Marge that really kind of got me started in this. Uh, in, in my first grant working with teachers. Before that, I was just teaching math courses for prospective secondary teachers at Oregon State. So that was my first big in-service. What was some of the best advice you received when you started teaching math teachers? So again, this came from Marge. Uh-huh. <laughs> we were working with these secondary teachers and she said, secondary teachers know math, they love math, but they don't necessarily know how kids learn math. Mm. And so we have to use manipulatives and concrete materials and experiments when we do math with secondary teachers, exactly the same way as we would with elementary teachers. And so that really stuck with me all my, all my career, the whole way through. I think that was major, major piece of advice at that time. That was, that was a long time ago. I think it's taken for granted now, but Back then, it was like, oh, you're just teaching more math, secondary yeah. teaching. Um, that was true for secondary. Now, for elementary, um, my friend Ted Nelson, who was also a math educator at Portland State, I was getting mentored by people both at Oregon State and Portland State when I was really young. Um, Ted said, you know, all these elementary teachers, when they come to your class, you guys all know this, most of them are really scared of math or haven't done very well or don't have the world's greatest attitudes or maybe they came from a family where it's handed down generation after generation that it's it's okay not to be good in math because mm-hmm. I wasn't good in math so is it my child you know so this became sort of a, a a mantra for me like it's not okay to say it's okay not to be good in math it's not and um so we started out a lot of the elementary courses. Um, I think this is fairly common now for folks to sort of write about their experiences in math, write their own mathography, mm-hmm. get some of those feelings out there and start to try to build confidence in the fact that, you know, everybody has an inner mathematician. We can tap that inner mathematician. So I got two different pieces of advice for, for the elementary teachers and for the secondary teachers, and they've stood me really well over time. And how, maybe this is the same sort of thing, but I'm wondering if you were meeting with someone who was starting out now teaching math teachers for the first time, what advice would you give them? Well, it's really very different now in some ways, because (laughs) when I started, technology was nowhere near as big as it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a huge piece of it now in, in terms of integrating technology as well as integrating uh, manipulatives and hands-on experience into the classroom. The importance even more so, I think, now of coding, give it, having kids have coding experiences. And um, I'm a really big fan of how important statistics is and that that should be part of every, every teacher's mm-hmm. education. Every pre-service teacher should have a good Dosis stat. So I, I think that's what I would. And also continue. Those elementary teachers haven't changed. <laughs> they, yeah. they come in, right. You still, you still have to, you know, get them have, beginning to have confidence in the fact that they can do math. You know. Yeah. We. You had mentioned there might be, a, you know, a generational, you know, passed down, and we haven't 
we math teacher educators haven't broken that uh, generational pattern it's yet. It's hard because we have to go out there and talk to the greater society, not just ourselves. You know? Yeah. It has to be sort of, but we, were, we talked at one point at NCTM about having a national campaign, you know, about don't pass on this social disease from one generation to the next, you know? <laughs> I've got a good story with that, Mike. So I was a student teacher. I have to be student teaching my cousin, which I don't know if they actually knew that I was going to be in a class where I'd be student teaching my cousin. But anyway, I'm in a parent teacher conference and my aunt is sitting across and saying like, well, I'm not a math person. So she's not a math person. I'm like, Hey, we're, we're <laughs> we share the same, we share the same. If you're making this genetic argument, argument, it doesn't work if I'm across the table from you. So it's, you know, it is about, you know, there's pushing against some of those things yeah. and, and even thinking about changing it from this you know let's focus in on this yet language and um you know it's about understanding or, or thinking even like how math has been presented to you and you get a chance to disrupt some of that with how you get to teach you know right right so. give people an, another start yeah well i had a question for you um it's slightly different uh perspective but just thinking about your advice for I mean, you're, you've obviously were the president of NCTM, you're on the board for MET, like thinking about what was that beginning path to getting involved in some of these professional organizations? Was there like a shoulder tapping? Was there a, a nudge to say, hey, Mike, you need to get involved in, in this, in NCTM, this organization? They made me do that when I was at Michigan State. There you go. I, in my first year, they handed me a piece of paper. They said, fill this out. You're joining NCTM. <laughs> I said, what's NCTM? <laughs> you know, and, you know, I was, uh, I had not been, I didn't come into math education through uh, teaching in high school or elementary school first. Um, I, I was a mathematics major and I got into math education actually kind of through through college. Mm. Got interested in, you know, uh, that way and found out that there was this math education program in the math department, which kind of was attractive to me at Michigan State. But anyway, they, Joel, they made me do it. And um, then uh, when I was finishing up, they paid my way uh, to an NCTM annual. Mm. And then I was hooked. Yeah. It was great. I mean, I my first one was in Atlanta many, many years ago. Um, I couldn't make the next one my first year at Oregon State. I didn't have funds to go to it or something like that. But I've only missed one since then, and that was wow. 1970. Wow. wow. So I was wearing my 40-plus. It's probably around here someplace. <laughs> yeah, the tag yeah, was on your yeah. – you, I, I saw the know. ribbon. I remember seeing the ribbon when we were yeah. Jen and I talked this past yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's a big deal. And so anybody, AMTE people, I know you guys do this, get them joining NCTM when you're working with pre-service teachers, get get, have them get student memberships, you know, and get started on it. And I don't know, the next thing then, someone eventually asked me if I would be on an NCTM committee. Um, I'm not sure. The, the, actually, the first one might have been JRME, possibly, even when I was fairly young on the JRME panel, which is a killer job. <laughs> There's so many <laughs> manuscripts. If, I don't know if you guys have done that. Or, I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm just saying, 
if if somebody asks you or recommends that you do it, go in there with open eyes because there's a lot of a lot of manuscripts that you read, you know. Hmm. So, but that that was kind of started a trajectory and also got involved a lot in 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 OCTM, Oregon Council of Teachers in Mathematics uh-huh. as well. Well, this kind of ties in with what, you know, Jen and I have been talking a little bit offline about some stuff about this idea of like shoulder tapping. It sounds like in both instances, there was like, hey, <laughs> join this organization. It's a, it'll be good. And then all of a, you know, or to get on this committee, hey, Mike, we think you'd be good on this too. So it's not that you were actively out there. Hey, I wish there was a professional organization for me to join or, or like, oh, I wish I could be on this committee, but someone looking to see, hey, Mike, I see in you something that this would be a good value for you or this you'd add some value to this space. So I don't know. I think as members of AMTE, how do we do that more often is like offering or looking to others and saying like, how do you, um, where could you provide some value within this organization? Cause we see in you this thing that you could, uh, use, um, to advance our, our profession here. I, I think I was really lucky in that regard. I just, and I say that because at NCTM, when I was there, I was working the MET booth. We're going to talk about MET and at some point, Math Education Trust. And there were whole bunches of teachers that came up. The booth was right when you first walk in the exhibits. So we got a lot of business. And there are some young teachers there that after a day or so were so, you know, starry eyed about the whole meeting and everything. How do I do this? How did you get in, into this? How, how does one, you know, so they were asking that question. And I was trying to steer them back to their own uh, local affiliate organizations mm-hmm. to begin with. I mean, you know, one of them happened to be from from Wisconsin. And I said, you know, there's, there's a Wisconsin Council is very strong and they've got, yes. you know, you should kind of hook in with them. And they have their own meeting at Green Lake, which is quite an amazing meeting. Yeah. Um, but so not everybody gets, you know, not everybody has the experience I had. And I guess as teacher educators, we we need to be aware of that and kind of watch for watch for folks, watch for new teachers out there, you know, in the schools who maybe didn't have that experience. So they might maybe they came in through some other certification process, you know. That's a really good point to get involved with your local affiliates because I think I, I easily forget how NCTM is really large, the annual or AERA, or there's different organizations where it's when you first go, you're overwhelmed by the program. You don't know which sessions to go to. Then you go to like the exhibit hall and you're like, oh my gosh. So then just yep. finding ways and paths that you can meet yeah. with people and figure out like, oh, hey, okay, this is kind of something I want to do, but not be so overwhelmed. Like, how do you kind of ease your way into it, I guess? Or at least that was my experience, yeah, you know, definitely. going to some of these conferences is like a little buddy. overwhelming. Go with a buddy the first time or someone who's been there before, you know, that can sort of help a little bit. And of course, NCTM always has that um, that newcomer session, which is really good for yeah. folks that have never been there before. At the beginning of each day, they they have that for about a half an hour, you know. And then for our state, for Texas, um, oh. the Texas Council of Teachers of Mathematics has a huge conference every Honestly. summer that that rivals almost, it's not quite an NCTM annual, but it's it's really, really big. And so... Um, we even recommend, Hey, if you have a, like, there's a North Texas council of teachers of mathematics, if you could get involved in, you know, this smaller group, or there's, there's some Houston area, uh, things, you know, so maybe, maybe that's, that's a more, uh, a smaller group to get involved in as well. Uh, and the great thing is you can do all of those things. And I'd like your advice of going with a buddy, 
the first oh, time. So you don't just somebody who knows what they're doing a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So one of the things that we like to talk uh, with our guests, Mike, about is um, people that we talk with. They've they've done great things. They're they're still doing great things, and we want to know how do you set boundaries and priorities to get the right things done and still enjoy your life. Uh, do you have any any words of wisdom for us there? That's that's a toughie, uh, and I especially see that for some of the youngsters that have just come out. I worry sometimes about them just taking on everything, and you know, um, I, I, again, I was lucky at Oregon State in that. For first of all, they didn't know much about math education in the math department. When I went to Oregon State. There was one only one other math educator there, and he was kind of excited to get me there at the time. And over the time I was there, we built up a group there four or five people. Uh, so they didn't quite know what to expect of, you know, so I was okay if I taught my classes and kept my head down for the first couple of years. Um, and so I got into, for me, I actually got into running. There were a lot of people in the department there that ran. And so that became uh, a lifelong activity for me. And no matter where, I, it's the nice thing about it is <laughs> no matter where you are, you can go out and run, you know, you're at some conference or you're working in um, on a project in some schools or something like that. So find something that you really like to do and make sure that you continue to do it. Um, mm. That sort of keep you centered in a sense. The other yeah. thing I've gotten into in later years is uh, singing in a, in a, in a choral group. It's in a men's choir, which has been a blast. I've been doing that for about 25 years now. That's neat. So something, you know, whatever, something that, you know, is yours that's not your job. Yeah, that can really help you stay focused, I think, and and remember that the job is not all of it, uh, but there's those, those yeah. other things. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go out for a run in the middle of the day, you know, and just having like pre just gotten out of a class that maybe didn't go so well. And then I had another one at one o'clock, but after the run, the one o'clock class always went really well. It's good. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so. so one of the things that I guess that we really want to talk to you about is the MET, the Mathematics Education Trust and yeah. the, the MET grants that have been around for a while, I think, but then there's mm -hmm. these new opportunities coming out. Yeah. So, um, what can you tell us about that? Or Joel, if I'm not asking the questions the right way, jump in. Um. <laughs> no, I'll just give a little bit of background on, on Met's been around now since, um, gosh, what, the late 70s, I think, somewhere in there. Maybe it's a little later than that. Um, and start out with some grants for teachers. Um, and originally they were grants, I think, for um, support scholarships. Uh, to go back uh, to school to get some support to either continue um, their education as, you know, as an in-service teacher um, for master's degree or specialist or something like that. But over the years, they've grown. We now have almost 40 grants. There are grants for professional development. There are grants for their scholarships for both in-service and pre-service teachers. I mean, like if someone is going into their junior year and they're in college and they're interested in becoming a, a, a secondary math teacher, um, they can apply for a grant uh, that'll help support their tuition, you know, over a couple, over the last couple of years. They're not gargantuan grants, but I mean that the one for tuition, I think is there's one for $10,000 and there's oh, wow. 
you know, another one for $24,000 for a couple of years. And that can, that can help pay some bills. Yeah. Um, then there's some other grants. There's grants for research in the classroom. There's grants to get materials uh, for your classroom. There's a grant in tools and technology for your classroom that's extremely popular. It's not a huge one, but I mean, lots of applications for that one. Um, so there are four people plus uh, the executive director of NCTM also is on the MET board, Math Education Trust. There's four of us and we, you, you serve a four-year term and in the last year, you're chairman of the, of, so that'll be my next year, chairman of, of, the, of the MET board. And we read all the grants Twice, twice a year, there's two deadlines. There's a November 1st deadline, which is coming up. So folks who are listening to this, uh, take a look at the MET grants on the NCTM website and see what might jump out at you. Still got a couple of weeks. And then there's a May 1st deadline. But the reason that I think that AMTE folks probably should be um, particularly interested in this is that um, AMTE and NCTM partnered over the last year in creating a new opportunity for research for uh, early career uh, math educators or graduate students who have been advanced to candidacy and who need a little support um, for their research activity as well. So I'm going to make sure Joel gets a chance to chime in here too, because there were two of us from Matt and two from AMTE uh, on the AMTE board that um, worked together on this to create this. So your turn, Joel, you talk, talk about it. <laughs> point of view. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a quiz that we had just had Jen saw on. She was uh, from the AMTE side. It was her and I, and we were both recipients of, of an MET grant. We had the classroom research grant where we partnered with a, a classroom teacher to do some research together. I did some things with people here in Mississippi and two different teachers that, that, um, was amazing, like a little $6,000 grant to to get started with like doing some research, get involved with some schools, develop some relationships and things. But anyway, so Jen and I were a part of the AMT side uh, and we helped with the, I think it's the early career research grant. And so, yeah, there's a, and thinking about, you know, what, what are the needs might be for, and you put in some of the things that could be used for, but just some of the, the needs that could be de- uh, met with the developing some sort of research project that that you know having ten thousand dollars to be able to jumpstart you and and getting that um, accomplished I, I think is kind of amazing especially too if you're doing something that is as a grad student and trying to finish up something that could be a, a man just a, a big help and and you know taking care of some of the costs and things where you might not have those available otherwise so I don't know I'm kind of excited for the opportunity for people to apply and and use some of that those resources. And I mean, for me, I know for, from my perspective, it was someone hearing this opportunity, someone having an opportunity. So for me, it was Johnny Lott where he knew about this, the, uh, the Met grants and, and was aware of the opportunities and like, Hey, Joel, you just got this job at Mississippi. If you want to do something, you're working with teachers, here are these opportunities. And so again, talking about this idea of shoulder tapping, tap me on the shoulder, like, Hey, not not like you like didn't hand me an application but like hey here here it is go go apply and so i think this could be a a a great opportunity again for 
and, and we really, Mike, I think it was really opened up to like what this could be used for with regards oh, yeah. to doing some research. That was kind of the, the eye-opening right. thing. There's very few limitations here that I could say. I mean, folks could use it uh, to get materials or equipment, like to do their research. Like if you need like you know, video cameras, for example, or something like that, mm -hmm. or calculators or, or, or um, you could use it um, like to, to pay teachers a stipend. If you're working right. with schools to bring them in, if you're, you know, if you're collaborating with folks, pay them a little, you could probably pay yourself, uh, you know, a little bit of, of a salary for, you know, over summer or something like that. You could use it for travel to meetings, you know, to present on what you're doing. Um, and you know, all that kind of stuff can sort of help, especially for, I think, for a grad student in terms of getting a job or for early career folks, uh, you know, in terms of like getting a, a research project going and, you know, starting to build up their, you know, their Vita and different kinds of things that they're working on. So I, I'm really hoping we get a bunch of, a bunch of opportunities there. <laughs> so this <laughs> November 1st deadline, this is the first time that this particular opportunity has been available. That's, that's, that is the right, Dusty. That is yeah. exactly correct. So we're not quite sure what we're going to get yet. Yeah. You know? And then if somebody happens to be trying to work their way through our podcast catalog and they listen to this after November 1st, 2022. Um, that's okay because there's also a May 1st deadline. Is that right? There is or, a May 1st deadline, but as, as we've set it up right now, not for that grant. It's a not one, for that grant. Okay. All the grants are one once a year. Okay. Um, that, so, way, that way we don't kill off the Met board uh, completely. Okay. <laughs> uh, 45 grant you know, submissions. So if somebody months. if somebody happens to be listening to this maybe two months from now, let's say they're yeah. listening to this in December, sure. uh, then they've missed a November first deadline. But there's probably going to be one November first of the next year. That's the plan. For okay, sure. We're, we've started this out. It's the first time, and usually we give these grants when when there's a new one, especially at least about a three year trial to see mm -hmm. how's it going. Uh, we might you know work. It might be that. NCTM and AMTE after a couple of years realize, okay, we, we want to make some changes in, in how we've written up, uh, you know, what we're asking for people to submit when they're mm -hmm. applying. Um, it's, it's not a huge, huge form or anything like that, that folks have to fill out, but there's, you know, you have to describe as you would for any research project, you know, what your research questions are, what your goals are and what your, you know, what your timeline is and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, Mike, I'm curious, are there things that have come up? You've reviewed so many applications, I'm sure, that have come in. Are there things that you're like, here's like three things I want people to keep in mind when they're putting their application materials together? That is a spectacular question. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Number one, every single one of these grants uh, has not only an application, but an accompanying scoring rubric that and it's right there for everybody to see. These are the things that, you know, it's, it should be obvious because they're in the application, but just in case you forgot, you know, here are some things that we really need to know for each of these grants. And uh, Joel and Jen and, and Nora Ramirez and I wrote, you know, developed that um, rubric for this joint grant. So you can see the, if you, you know, make sure that you've addressed those things that are on that, on that rubric. They, they fall into about three or four different categories, and there's a couple of topics in each category. That's true for any MET grant, not just, you know, always that. That's the case. Second one is um, 
so, sometimes people submit and they'll say, okay, I want this amount of money because what I want to do is I want to, you know, get some materials for such and such. So the budget is sometimes not really delineated with, you know, line by line, even though it says line by line in the application form, you know, what you, what you, so, you know, make, pay attention to your, making sure that the budget is clear about what you're going to use and how you're going to use it so that a reviewer had, you know, knows that you, you've thought this through carefully. Those, those are, those are the two biggies that sort of pop up to me, Jen. Um, is there another one? I don't know. I don't know. I just said three. I don't know. Is that the thing we just do? We were just like three. It's just a number you go to when you listen. <laughs> yeah, I know, but those so, are yeah. those are the two that pop into mind, and maybe there'll be another one before we finish talking that that, that comes to mind. But it, part of it is, you know, a lot of these grants are written by teachers, not by mathematics educators, and sometimes teachers are really have a lot of excitement that comes through in their narrative, uh, but they haven't got experience necessarily in in in, in grant writing. So I guess a third one, this is kind of clear too, would be to make sure if you're if you happen to be a classroom teacher to bounce it off of, of someone who has written grants before, could be somebody in your administration or could be, you know, like, you know, a math educator uh, at, at a local community college or college, you know. That's what I love about many of these grants that they're collaborative, right? So um, we both bring different strengths to the table, right? So it could be in writing this, the teacher's able to give me feedback on like, this is a great idea, but this isn't going to work and why, or maybe we could do it this way. So then it becomes this kind of collective effort. Um, right. To, you get, uh, you get a very experienced practitioner working, you know, with someone who has a little research perspective, maybe more than a, a classroom teacher might have, and it can be a great team. And that, those are, I think, among the most successful MET grants. Some of these are materials development where, you know, teachers, classroom teachers have worked together with um, um, university people to write materials mm. and develop them. This is a, it's a big one. It's called the Halloran grant. And um, there's a set of those that, are, that have been in process for a while. That's a three-year grant that's renewable over three years. You know, each thing you have to send in an interim report, that particular one. But those materials are going to be posted on the NCTM website sometime um, sometime this academic year. They'll be up from, from one of these grants. And the teachers who wrote them are very excited about this. It's a pretty cool grant that they did. Yeah. Well, another thing, too, I guess, is I, I've had people, and I think it was on the website, that I had received one of these grants. And then some people reached out to me and said, like, hey, can I okay. see what this see what, what it looks it? like? What does it yep. look like? Or else too, going back to our, maybe our shoulder tapping theme of, hey, you're trying to do this project. You know about these grants, just like Johnny Lott did for me. It's like, to, hey, there's this, <laughs> there's funds out there for this thing that you want to do. Or, hey, you want to go to your first uh, NCTM conference. There's funds for that too, for the MET. It's like just putting it, doing that out there to like help facilitate others getting access to these funds. It's interesting, Joel. You were, you had a, president of nctm that was kind of a mentor for you and johnny yeah he, and, and, and i had i had glenda lappin who was the president oh, yeah. of michigan state you know so we we're just uh we're lucky lucky guys you know lucky yeah guys. so how do you pay that forward i guess is i, I mean that's what i right. think about is how do you pay that forward or meg meyer was uh, at wisconsin Meg Meyer was the, who arranged for us to to go to a regional and like you're going to hold open doors and hand out some things and you get to attend for free and like hey 
I'll do that, Meg. And then, um, ended up being that, that shoulder tapper for me. Yeah. Isn't it? That's yep. They are. They, so that's what we need to do with our, with our, with our students, especially grad students, new grad students. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mike, do you have anything else to promote or talk about? Well, um, the, every four years, um, there's an international conference on teaching statistics, and it just occurred a couple of weeks ago. It was mostly virtual, at least for me. It was in Argentina. I do wish I could have gotten down there because I have a daughter that lives in Argentina. Mm -hmm. But we had visited her in the spring, and then getting back down was kind of out of the question. Um, but just for everyone to keep in mind um, that it's important for kids to learn to deal with data. Mm -hmm. And for teachers, maybe who aren't necessarily as familiar as they might be themselves with with uh, statistics and what's possible to check out um, the ASA website, for example. That, so there's a there's a link, Joel Amstat.org. We want to put that one up. All right, that's an important one. And um, there's a report that uh, ASA put out a few years ago called the Gaze Report. It's G A I S E. But this is gaze two, and because they, they revised it, give um, sort of the perspective on what uh, at various levels could be going on K pre K twelve in in, mm -hmm. in statistics education and what teachers can do. Um, the, the ASA has also put out a. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see the set document statistics education mm -hmm. of teachers. Yeah. And there's that one's also been revised and what's recommended for elementary, middle school and secondary teachers in their own um, development in terms of statistics. And it's considerable. It's like way more than than I had. And I, I would bet way more, at least as an undergraduate, than any of us had. had. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you probably are pretty familiar with that, Dusty, right? Yeah, I was thinking. um uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm just agreeing with everything you're saying. <laughs> oh, but, <I'm laughs> uh, but the, uh, but also the, um, Joel, if we, if we're pointing people back to some previous podcasts, uh, you know, Holly Lynn Lee, we had her recently talk about That's data science, at, at, data science for teacher education. And then also, um, uh, she's on my mind, but I don't know if we asked Stephanie Casey to talk about, the modules project um, with the, yeah. I know she worked on specifically the statistics. Uh, she's still at uh, Western? Western? She's Michigan? at, um, I think Eastern, oh, gosh, Eastern Jenner's. Michigan. State. Eastern Michigan? Yeah. Or Central? Central? Yeah, yeah. I know it's bad. <laughs> There's yeah. a bunch of those Michigan. <laughs> Sorry. We know, we know who you are, but we don't know where you are. <laughs> Some uh, Northern state. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, put, we'll put a link to that that stuff and, and also to yeah. the Holly Lindley episode as well. When when we're done here, um, I can suggest a couple other folks. You you might you know instead add if you haven't already interviewed them or, or something like that. Just, That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Mike, for being here and talking with us. Um, and thanks everybody again for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. We hope you're able to take action on something you just heard, maybe apply for one of those MET grants and interact with other math teacher educators. Also, 
Uh, did you know that AMTE has another podcast, the Mathematics Teacher Educator Podcast? Uh, the MTE podcast accompanies the latest edition of the Mathematics Teacher Educator Journal and has authors discuss the work they have submitted for publication to the journal. You can find a link to the MTE podcast in the show notes for this episode. And as of this release date, uh, there's new episodes out there. I'm excited to listen to them.